Dina Nina Martinez writes about her romantic life, but instead of being a Jewish New Yorker with a passion for Manolo Blahnik shoes, Dina's a sexy, taxi, mexi, trans terminatrix who likes to tell jokes. Today, Dina Nina Bonina Osama Bin Laden Brown Martinez joins us for her birthday to take a look at putting her dating life as a trans Latinx woman on blast. Happy birthday, Nina. Listen as Dina Nina Martinez chats with us about her love life, transitioning from showgirl to funny girl, and her fascination with Jesus being an alien. Plus, the positive impact Caitlyn Jenner has had in the media, even though she's a highly unlikable person. Solid gold Darth Vader mask are all the rage in Japan. And is the creature from the movie Alien transphobic? I'm Fausto Fernos. I'm Mark Fillion. And this is Feast of Fun. For a second, I forgot what show we're on. Not shaving gives me more time for misbehaving. Get this sexy t-shirt and all our fabulous designs at feastoffun.com slash store. Our guest today is... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Median Dina Nina Martinez, who has a good racket going on. She writes about her love life on the Huffington Post to get people to go bowling with her. Is that what you call it? (laughs) I mean, sometimes I like bowling. Your last article, you were like, it's hard being a Tex-Mexi-Termin-Tran-Natrix living in Madison, Wisconsin. I want somebody to go bowling with me. I feel like I'm being exploited by my sensuous, gorgeous trans female body. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I want somebody who wants to do normal stuff sometimes instead of just be like, go back to my apartment and bang. Hey, honey, I'm not opposed some- to that completely, but... Getting some good dick is a pretty normal, I think. Yeah, it's hard. It's you know you got to keep the dick around for a while though too. <laughs> That's true. You know, I want the dick to take me to dinner once in a while. That's all. Well, why don't you just be like trick him and, and be like you know <laughs> not in the the gender sense, but it'd be like you know, hey, why don't we meet at this really nice restaurant? It gets me so horny. Oh, that's a good, I'm going to take your advice. I may try that. Mm-hmm. But, it, it, I mean, part of your, like, interest in blogging about your life, it is sort of like you're figuring out your romantic and sexual life mm-hmm. as a trans woman. But you've been 
you've been out and living as a woman for quite some time. Now. Yeah. Um, I just celebrated 10 years of beginning the process and in January. So I'm 10 years old, you guys. Well, and you're officially done. Done. And today's <laughs> actually your birthday. Yes. Happy birthday. Thank you. Aww. 10 feel, year old. You guys made me feel so good today. Aww. Feliz, feliz en tu día. Do you know how that goes? No. Do you, do you speak Spanish? I speak a little Spanish. I mostly speak kitchen Spanish. Oh. <laughs> like Pedro, mas, mostaza, por favor. No cebollas, por favor. <laughs> we had a little cake for you when you walked yeah. in the yeah. door today because you're like, I'll come and do a podcast for my birthday. What the fuck? It was butter, creamy, and delicious. Mm. It was I saved you another caramel. slice. You can have it after the podcast if you do a good job. I may just rub it on my boobs. <laughs> it was so good. I just want to. I got you horny. <laughs> it got me aroused. Now, Dina, so how how's this going for you? Like, because you're you're uh, you're a woman about town. You're putting out yourself on blast and mm-hmm. on, on and blogging. And I assume that the guys that you go on dates with are not privy to the fact that you're sort of like Carrie Bradshaw in Sex and the City. You're sort of documenting your life as, as a woman. It, it's true. I don't tell them straight out that I'm going to write about you later. <laughs> so do you feel like you, do you ever tell them that, that not about the trends, but the fact that you're like writing an, a blog entry about I it? I think or? once I got past a couple of dates, I might be like, hey, I wrote about you, by the way. But we're just like, we're just like, if I go out with you once, it's all fair game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's all up in the air. I'm going to tell everybody. Because you don't use names. I don't use names. Yeah. But if I say he had one thumb, a man bun, and addiction problem, like, <laughs> figure it out. There's a little. <laughs> yeah. And and so how, how was, uh like, how do they usually react to that? Uh, nobody's really ever, like, nobody I've, I've dated has really ever seen my writing, I guess. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of things. So I filmed bits and pieces of a web series that I, I wrote and... Uh, one little episode's out, but not the whole thing. But I wrote about this guy I dated for a while, and we actually uh, went to high school together. And we've all, when I've talked about him on my former podcast with my best friend, um, and when. What was the name of the podcast? Dina and Greg Show. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and when. I've written about him. I call him a specific name, and it's Mr. E because he wanted me to get really big boobs. Um, and so, <laughs> so instead of double D's, go right onto the E's. Right, yeah, he was like, "I want you to have like triple E's or triple Is that a F's." Thing? Like, yeah, apparently, I don't know. Oh. I'm like, I want larger breasts just because I want them to balance out my body because I'm voluptuous and sumptuous, thick and juicy, curvy and pervy. You mm-hmm. know. <laughs> Lodge and so, in charge. Exactly. <laughs> we could do this all day. I mean. <laughs> so you were Mr. Tell us about Mr. E. Mr. E was a, a guy I went to high school with. He uh, he found me several years later on Facebook as all. How did they crawl out of the woodwork and find you? Like, you? You become friends with one person from high school and then they all like someone you might know. And they're like, who the hell is this woman? And yeah, anyway. So he was like, I've always found you attractive. I always thought you were amazing. And. So our relationship was weird and it ended up he had some turmoil with alcohol and stuff. And so he told me that he ate out this other girl that I know. And I was like, are you kidding me? That's so fucking rude. So we didn't talk for a long time and then we kind of batched it up. But so part of my 
Yeah. <laughs> so you're dating him. He's just like, oh, by the way, I ate yes. this girl out. Yeah. And you're like, okay. And I was like, um, I'm, we're done. But yeah. So it was. A <laughs> That's one of mine. <laughs> Those are my stories. I have it tucked away in my bra. So do you ever? I mean, are you still doing this, or, or, or like uh, at a certain point, do you feel like if you fall in love? Are you going to stop writing about your love life and as a as a entertainer as a journalist? I don't think I will stop. Yeah, uh, I think there's got to be a balance of finding a way to be respectful of your partner and still be able to have your creative and you know. Does the series Sex in the City influence you as you're working? Because like a lot of the stuff that I read on Huffington Post, it did remind me like you know. Substitute Jewish for trans, but basically right. it's the same story. <laughs> I, 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 I guess subconsciously, but mm. that wasn't the intent. The intent was yeah. just to work out what I'm going through and experiencing. Like, because I, when you are trans, and there's a distinct point where you're you identify as someone else, or or you're not, you're trying to fumble through your identity, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you know who you are, and you're trying to like maneuver that you have to kind of process how you date and what dating's like and what it, you know? And so I think that's kind of where writing about it came from because a lot of people are just all like, they just think that my love life is like a porn movie and it's really not always. Well, uh, and we know quite a few trans women who ain't, that's their goal, you know, certainly T.S. Madison is, you know, Mm -hmm. famous Mm -hmm. for for doing that, but right. uh, and you know, of course, trans people come in all shapes and colors and sizes, and some of the more uh, subdued. But at the same time, like I know you're writing about like embracing your cougar lifestyle. Yes, <laughs> yes I love a younger man. <laughs> they have a lot of stamina, and, and it's not the stamina. It's mm-hmm. just like I feel like they're less broken than guys my age. Like mm-hmm. there's less to put back together. You know, <laughs> well, they're very enthusiastic. Yes, so. yeah, and open to new ideas. But and, sometimes, like young, you know, when you're hooking up with a young guy it's just like shut the fuck up. quit asking me so many goddamn questions you know <laughs> like, i'm the one who's asking questions do you have a podcast no well, just, just shut up i'm like just, <laughs> am i 411 i mean it's like <laughs> go google it like you well, they d- want to learn things from daddy they want to know <laughs> or mommy do they call you mommy no, I, once or twice but <laughs> I, like, you like it? I, I do and i don't like i'm mm. like there's a point where like dating younger yeah. men mm. i kind of become mama mm-hmm. <laughs> and not in a sexy sort of way i kind of become like i'll take care of you you know when you're good to and, mama <laughs> and so like that's the that's what i'm finding is like a lot of these younger men don't know how to take care of themselves and then all of a sudden i'm like your stepmother or mother that you just happen to stick your dick in um <laughs> Amen to in a weird sort of way can we do a public service announcement really fast for our, especially our younger listeners mm-hmm. go see a goddamn fucking dentist <laughs> not brought, seeing, brought this on now not seeing a dentist is homophobic Why okay this that? is a message to everybody who has not seen a dentist in over a year in the united states our healthcare system sucks Mm-hmm. But our dental health, health system is one of the best in the world, and and part of it is because the cost of seeing a dentist is so ridiculously affordable. To get uh, Groupon has deals for exams, x-rays, and cleanings <laughs> for as long as $32, and you can go to freedentalcare.us, where they will connect you with a school for free dental work or on a sliding scale. 
And there is no, I'm just like, you know, I see these young, beautiful people. They and send I, you their cockpits, and you're like, looks good. Well, and then you get the old pics of their smile, and you're like, your gums. They're irritated, you know? And it's like, and then you can, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it, you, it's homophobic, it's transphobic not to take care of your goddamn teeth. Absolutely. <laughs> Go to freedentalcare.u. I'm not, I'm not getting any paid for this, but I just was like, I was thinking about this. I was like, we got to talk about this on the show. Just goddamn, please take care of your teeth, people. I want It's a real teeth. trigger for Fausto. I'm just like, and I don't know how to bring it up, you know, and it's other people. So I just told this one guy, it was like. He's like, oh, I'm too poor to go see a dentist. And I'm like, you live in the United motherfucking States of America. You can get you can afford to go get a thirty dollar cocktail. You can get a goddamn thirty dollar, you know, dental cleaning <laughs> priorities. Yeah. yeah. And it's like part of it is, you know, it's it, fear. It's it. fear. It's like getting it tested for HIV. You, you you're have anxiety about it because it's been so long since you, so you got tested. But part of it is like taking care of yourself means going to see the doctor or the dentist and and getting the exam. And there's a lot of free places that will give you HIV tests. And there's a lot of places they'll give you sliding scale or free dental cleaning x-rays and, and a visit. That's I'm sorry. I just got to like get that it. out of my back. Sorry. So anyways, <laughs> back to your blog. Dating while trans. Yes. You feel that sometimes guys are exploiting you or defining you by your trans womanness. And sometimes you just want a nice guy to settle down. Right. And I would ask you the question, what the fuck is wrong with using your trans body to find hot guys to sleep with? Because I'm more than my trans body. <laughs> like, I, I I mean, it's just a part of me. It's not all of me. And I want somebody to see me as a human being, as a person, as a woman, not as a chick with a, you know, and you that's be beyond a fetish. Right. A chick exactly. with a stick as a comedian. <laughs> Have you used Strink. that joke yet? No, but I like it. I'm going to steal it. I'm a chick with a shtick. That's so That's good. You're welcome, honey. Thank you. <laughs> this is an idea factory. Here. I like it. Brainstorming, brainstorming. You know, we were talking to a friend uh, the other day, and she was uh, somebody came up to her, and she's trans, and, they, and he's, he said to her, he's like, you're what I Google. And she's just like, what exactly it is that you Google? And he's like, B B W T something. Yes, yeah. And I'm like, what's all that? She's like, you know, big, beautiful, well, you know, trans woman. And she's just like, so usually I'm used to getting guys who fetishize me just solely for being trans, but this guy's also fetishizing me for being big, which I guess is okay. Right. <laughs> so the two of them together. So it's like, it's more than just trans, it's another layer right. to it. And that's the problem. It's like, we hear time and time again from trans people is just like this person just into me because I'm trans and that's it. Mm. How do you how do you navigate that? How I, do you like do you just bitch slap them and be like I'm more than this? <laughs> I just I think like okay, so I'm kind of like a camel like <laughs> I don't have to have sex a lot, but mm -hmm. when I do, it'll last me for a good long time, right? Okay. Like, so I <laughs> store it in the hump. Exactly. That's <laughs> all. In the store hump, that right? dick right there in a the hump. Um, <laughs> and it's like, I guess that I'm okay with just having sex with you if you just like, like if you're all into me about my transness. Yeah. That's cool. But like, I'm. 
<laughs> I'm like that fucking hopeless romantic woman who has watched all of the rom-coms in all of the days and is like, that's what I want. You want ver- variety and versatility. And, you you know, if you get too much of one thing, then you start mm-hmm. missing something else. And plus when like most trans guys that are into trans women, uh, trans amorous uh, men. Are, uh, Our friend calls them friendly. <laughs> right. <laughs> friendly indeed. Um, most of them expect things to go like a movie like a porno the, the porno movie oh, they watch and kennedy uh, it's not going to be like that with yeah. me like it's just so not going to no be that balloon with me. sitting and none of that kind of you know. No, T.S. Michelle Austin. I may splosh a little, okay. but yeah. we're not going to go to the candy shop. <laughs> right. We, shout out to T.S. Michelle Austin, yeah. who one of my favorite trans porn stars, who mm-hmm. has a real great uh, sensibility about her. She's very playful. She likes oh, okay. to sit on pink balloons and dresses up like Marilyn Monroe, and then the fan blows up her skirt, and there's a her uh, candy. Her D's nuts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm like, essentially, the neighborhood down there is going to be gentrified. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be new developments, you know, mostly underground. So how'd you get into the comedy business? Well, I was a showgirl for a, for a while. and uh, Showgirl meaning like a gender illusionist or? Y- yeah, like but after I transitioned, like... I wasn't a gender illusionist anymore. So you were lip syncing and stuff? I was lip syncing. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I did that for a while and I found out I was horrible at lip syncing. (laughs) Oh, really? It doesn't matter. And I just, I I mean, they all, right. And then I just realized I didn't love it and it wasn't something that I enjoyed. But I loved being on stage. I've always been on stage Mm -hmm. in my life, throughout my whole whole entire life, either singing or, you know, or being a showgirl or whatever. And so I, one of my friends was like, you're funny. And I was like, whatever. I'm situationally funny. And then he was like, but I can help you work out a set. And so he helped me work out a set and I did it. And I was like, fuck yes, this is my life. And so I've been doing it ever since. And I love it. Yeah. And to me, it's like, uh, there's a lot of challenge in, in, in as entertainers, especially as LGBT entertainers is that, you know, a lot of the spaces as comedy clubs that we enter are places that are not our own community. Mm -hmm. And so we always have to sort of like make the decision do we explain to the audience that we're queer, that we're LGBT, or do we sort of not make that an important part of our of our set? You know, mm-hmm. and sort of like comedian Ellen DeGeneres, who, you know, celebrating her 20 years of coming out, um, really had a profound influence, I think, on a lot of entertainers and mm-hmm. comedians because she sort of uh, in the middle of her career when, you know, her her uh, talk show, I'm sorry, her her sitcom was about to get canceled. She said, you know what? I got nothing to lose. I'm uh, I'm gay. Yep, I'm gay. And and uh, and I think it laid the foundation for people like us to be able to sort of uh, think about our you know disenfranchised status as as sexually and and gender diversity people as as something we can talk about on stage. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like we're having to have that burden to explain to the audience who we are. Mm. And, you know, then there's, then it becomes kind of like an apology or it becomes kind of a situation where they're like, Oh, sympathy applause, you know? Mm. And you're just like, I just want to be liked for who I am. I don't want to be like limited because of this one aspect of who I am. Mm-hmm. I, so when I started, I tried to not do trans material and I just felt like 
it was important for me to mm-hmm. speak about being trans, mostly because very few people, when I started, there was maybe two or three that I knew of that were transgender comics. One of them was Ian Harvey, who I think is amazing and hilarious. Um, and then when I went... Do you mean Jeffrey J is the name? <laughs> I love Jeffrey J. You were struggling to remember the G- Jeffrey J. I love him. I met him when I was touring through Dallas. Yeah. And yeah, I love him so much. Jesus He's my favorite. Heart. He's my favorite, boo. Um, I have the biggest crush on Ian Harvey, though. I'm just going to say. Sorry, Jeffrey. Uh, I love oh. you, boo. <laughs> but some of this, like, uh, I've heard some, you know, kind of like a lot of trans, like, uh, I noticed, observe this, like, lesbian comics all kind of support each other. But the gay men and the trans folks sometimes get into like a rivalry with each oh, you other. Think? Yeah. In the comedy, I don't. In comedy, I haven't really found much of that except for with one person that I'm not going to name. See what I'm saying? Uh, I'm going to take the high road. But most of my friends. Tell us after the show. That, I will tell you after the show. But, Let me write that down. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that bitch? <laughs> oh, she is nasty. She gets so, on your nerves. Yeah. Like, I have a lot of really great yeah. friends that are gay male comics, and I think, and they support me, and I support them. But then I have a lot of lesbian comics who we are very supportive of each other. I think for me, like, it was, like I said, it was a conscious decision to talk about being trans because I feel like I could have gotten up there and just done, like, material and it been funny but like being trans is also an important part of my life so Mm -hmm. i talk about it but that's not the crux that's like not my whole shtick (laughs) uh and then maxi transit matrix exactly and but two things one the audiences that are heteronormative cisgender crowds yeah i find have a better response to me and i enjoy performing for them more in this weird way. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like most gay men are like, Oh yeah, girl, we got you. Mm-hmm. We got you. We understand. And it comes out of left field for like cisgender heteronormative crowds. Mm-hmm. They're like, Oh my God, we have to laugh at all her jokes. So we're going to be transphobic. Yes. <laughs> Which I like that pressure and guilt. Um, and then the other thing is when I moved to the Midwest and started doing comedy here, I was invited into all female shows and festivals and and that was like this magical place. Mm. And here in Chicago, you are the first trans uh, comedian at the Michigan Women's Music Festival. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Cross the pickup line. <laughs> Those fucking bitches. Love and light. Lesbians. Love and light. They, well, they're, they're, no, uh, they're no longer around. It's, it's done. The That's the, are still around, though. They just probably changed the name and didn't invite anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, whatever. That's a, that was a whole story. but It's a big story. Yeah. But I found, like... All these amazing comedians here that were women were so encouraging to each other and accepted me with just like open hearts and arms. And I just I I just feel like Chicago is like my town because of that. Like I just felt so accepted and loved. And so it's given me a new 
understanding about myself and understanding about where I'm where mm-hmm. I live in comedy here, which is cool. Yeah, I think you know part of it is that there's like a, been a boys club in the Chicago improv and theater scene, and so what's been really great, and we've observed this in the last fifteen years, is seeing a lot of like the queer, uh, f- you know, feminist uh, scene sort of uh, create an alternative space that's much more embracing, you mm-hmm. know. So mm-hmm. like someone like Shannon Knoll is uh, oh, at the her. center of that, you know, and and um and other people, you know, Cameron Esposito is mm-hmm. somebody who was a big uh figure mm-hmm. until she until she abandoned us for LA. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of queer people that are making space for mm-hmm. other queer people to perform, but like, you know, we've said in this podcast when we first started doing it in 2005 posting uh interviews it was like trying to find a trans comedian or even a gay comedian was like near impossible. Mm-hmm. It was just like there was, it was working locally. But there's always been a Plenty of lesbian comedians. Mm. And part of it is, you know, that the joke of how many lesbians does it take to change a light bulb, right? One to change a light bulb and then 20 to, you know, talk about it. <laughs> Process about it. And, That's and, not how the joke goes. How does it go? How many lesbians does it take to change a light bulb? How many? What's funny about that? <laughs> <laughs> but, it, you know, some of the more so, famous. So chick on, uh, we got Marga that joke. Gomez? No, no, we got that joke from, what's her name, from Orange is the New Black. Leah Delaria. So oh, I love her. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing, like, you know, pioneers like Leah Delaria, Ellen DeGeneres, uh, shit, uh, Lily Tomlin. and uh, Well, Lily to- just came out a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, but she was also very, very uh, mm-hmm. active in creating spaces for queer comedians mm-hmm. throughout her life and her career. She may not have been professionally out. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like someone like Rosie O'Donnell kind of in a lot of ways she's making up for lost time because she was so isolated from everybody. And and that's part of why she's kind of um, she has this kind of like urgent uh, sensibility when mm-hmm. she's you know produce like the way she handled the musical taboo it was like it was a life or death kind of thing right. and and in some ways she uh, was so concerned about it succeeding that she kind of strangled the show and some people that I knew who were involved in it said that she micromanaged it to death mm-hmm. and 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 that's you know the thing about like artistry and and culture and community is that it, it has to be an organic process and part of that is just being comfortable with this ambiguity and being comfortable with just letting things take their own course. Mm-hmm. Kind of like your gender and yeah, totally. <laughs> transitioning and yeah. stuff like that, you know. Yeah, like mm-hmm. at the beginning I had so many people that were like, why are you not living as a woman yet? Why are you not living as a woman yet? And I was like, I'm not ready yet. Give me time to be grow into who I am, you know? And and so that was that pressure was kind of hard. So let you know, give me the time that I need and then all of a sudden, like, I found who I was and I went into a men's restroom and they were like, what the fuck is this woman doing in here? And I was like, oh, OK, now I can go to the women's restroom on a consistent basis and not be freaked out. You know, you could pee in the bucket in I, Texas. <laughs> I could. And but, I have. What is What do you make of all this uh, bathroom bills that suddenly like right wingers all of a sudden are concerned with? And it just seems like a distraction, right? It is. And it's just a way to pick on the people that are down like we always do. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's ridiculous. There are no founded reasons for them to want to have a bathroom bill. And when it comes down to it, I, I wrote a piece about this a couple of years ago that was on advocate.com and sorry I can't say words really well uh, advocate.com and, there you go. and it was like 
I just want to pee. That's all I want to do. I want to feel safe and go in and pee or poo, mm-hmm. whatever I have to do, you know, my business. And what I'm concerned about is making sure that I don't cough while I'm in the restroom or clear my throat too, you know, deeply. You go, uh, right, uh, right. Uh, so, can you spare a square? <laughs> right. And, and do women poo quieter than. I do. I, you know, like, I don't know these things. Is my stream too mm-hmm. strong? Are women going to be like, why is she peeing so heavily? You know, like, it's just like, I didn't know what it was going to be like. And so when I got in there, I was like, oh, you know, so I'm concerned about taking care of myself and not like, I, all I want to do is go do my business and do mm-hmm. coke off the bathroom <laughs> seats. Like, I mean, <laughs> Maybe yeah, Melissa's a young girl or two. You know, like, it's, it's pure animus, and they do it to to to, uh, to really keep us busy, to keep us busy, to keep us occupied. To uh, it's you know it's a type of warfare to, to humiliate us, uh, to make us not want to fight their agenda, which is that's not the real agenda. There are other their agenda is other things keeping yeah. us involved in this military industrial complex. <laughs> yeah, and, very and, well. You fun. know, keeping us from the inevitable revolution that we mm-hmm. need to have. Uh, you remember when it was like. Like, well, we can't have, you know, LGBT or so gay and lesbian discrimination laws pass if we don't exclude mm-hmm. trans people from that. At least that conversation has mm-hmm. been settled. Thank God. When they say this Thursday, Trump's going to sign uh, his religious exemption executive order allowing pretty much, you know, broad discrimination. You know, a lot among people like the contractors with the federal government and stuff. And, you know, and the ACLU is going to just take them to court. So if you're looking to give any money to an organization besides Feast of Fun, definitely look to the ACLU because they've got your back on a lot of these trans and LGBT issues. Well, and also, I think like say uh, an organization like Save the Net as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly like fighting for net neutrality is a huge issue. I was just listening to NCR the other day and I just realized like now that I sort of like drive to work. I'm much more aware of how conservative public radio is. And they had this story. Nobody wants to get rid of net neutrality except the Internet service, the telecom Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, companies, because they stand to make a lot of money by double charging us for the same exact thing that we're getting. Right. And and so NPR is just like, well, there's many, you know, positions. It was this totally like. Paola astroturfing story about net neutrality and the woman who was doing it was just this like shill from from a you know Comcast and I was just like this is the worst kind of journalism and this is not you know Breitbart this is not Fox News this is liberal supposed to be liberal media you know well do you think they're just trying to be like an actual like news organization and share both sides in a completely but there's a, it's there, it's kind of like sharing both sides of climate change for example it, it there aren't mm-hmm. when we talk about science when we talk about public opinion if the public isn't arguing against the position then you're not being a, a balanced journalist by arguing against what the majority of the vast majority, 99.99% of the people want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, covering net neutrality really without talking about the motivation behind abolishing it, which is, you know, these corporations wanting to make money and sort of take us back to AOL and this, you know, remember the early days of AOL where you had to go into these little Mm -hmm. rooms and it was like garbage. Mm -hmm. And And then you'd get kicked out right when you were getting to the good point. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and part of it is like, to me, I, I just see all that stuff and it's just, and it's infuriating, you know? Yeah. Um, and part of me is like, I want to, like, I when I'm watching and, and following all these news, because we do this for this podcast, it's important to sometimes just step back and, you know, like Tina Turner and what's love got to do with it? Just go namo rangi kyo, like, you know, meditate, yeah. chill out, breathe for a minute and... You know, you have these tattoos on your wrist. Yes. It says OM, right? Um, yeah, it's the symbol for OM, the vibration of the universe. And you're very much into, like, uh, Eastern meditation. And yeah. aliens. Uh, yes, and aliens. <laughs> I'm such a freaking nerd. Before we started like, taping this, you told me, uh, you, like my dad, are both theosophic scientists, which... Uh, in a bubble, and, and forgive me if I'm reducing your religious faith into one catchphrase, is you believe Jesus is an alien. I wouldn't call it a religious belief. I would philosophical just, belief. Philosophical. I would. Yeah, that could be. That could work. So I kind of have a theory that you know, if he died and rose again, it was probably because he was you he know regenerating human. in the earth and he wasn't human. He e. could have been. Yes, he could have been a hybrid. <laughs> um, of the aliens and I mean there's just so much <laughs> out there that you're like ancient aliens I'm obsessed with that like chariots of the gods yes chariots of the gods you know those things like you see these places where this higher intelligence and I don't believe it's necessarily necessarily a disembodied figure is doing things and moving history and creating things here and like when when you look at like the bible a lot of the descriptions of what they saw in the sky and what happened can be be just be explained by saying that aliens did it. well the thing about it is that you know christianity <laughs> is basically a plagiarized religion from mm -hmm. mesopotamia and and hinduism and so like we interviewed prince manvendra uh the openly gay prince and asked him was like why why is that why is that guy blue in your religion? And he explained it to me because he's dead. Because you know, when you die, your skin goes blue, right? Your blood goes away. And I was like, that totally made sense. And I was like, oh, basically like, you know, uh, what is the blue guy in Hindu religion? Blue guy uh, in Hindu. Sh not Shiva. Shiva? Krishna. Krishna. Mm -hmm. Krishna is a Shiva? precursor to Jesus. Yeah. And so these archetypes sort of have always existed because of humanity's need to make sense of things we can't understand or live. We could live in a complex world and our ability to comprehend it sometimes is limited. And so in the past we used to have angels and now we have aliens, but they serve exactly the same function, which is these beings that are outside of us, outside of our realm of consciousness mm -hmm. that somehow manifest us. Like E.T. He yeah. died and came back to life. Right. You know, and then he rose and f flew up to heaven. He did. Or my favorite movie, Alien vs. Predator. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Where uh, you basically, you know, a strong black woman can take on the alien mm -hmm. and send that bitch to the bottom of the Antarctic Ocean. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Get away from from her, you bitch! <laughs> and you've actually been to the Geiger Museum in, in, yeah, in Switzerland. In Switzerland. What brought Korea. you there? Uh, I sang at the Montreux Jazz Festival. You did? Very long time ago. Um, and uh, we were, we had a day trip to Gruyere. 
to, have, to try the cheese. To try the cheese. And uh, we went into the chateau, and it was the H.R. Geiger Museum. Mm. And I walked in, and I'm like, there are these aliens coming out of, like, every, like, the fireplace and stuff and coming around the corner. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is so freaky and amazing. And well, yeah, I, want, yeah. I totally want to see that. Did you have oh. a drink in the cafe there, too? That was before in the cafe. Oh, the cafe wasn't open yet? It wasn't on. Okay. <laughs> this is way back in the day. You know, we mentioned on the show before that, you know, the character Lambert, uh, who's played by, what is it, Cassandra Peterson? No, not, that's, that's, that's Elvira. That's Elvira. Anyway, she, uh, she, um, she was been in a bunch of other movies, but she's the blonde, basically, in the first movie, Alien. And then she was in the book, she was, you know, talked about as being trans, but they never really say that in Alien. But then I just stumbled across Veronica Cartwright. Veronica Cartwright. Yeah. And so I just stumbled across something the other day in the movie Aliens, you know, uh, when they uh, wake up Sigourney Weaver and they're looking at the manifesto from the Nostromo and all the characters. The manifest. The manifest. Uh, what did I say? The manifesto. Which is like, right on, brother. <laughs> That's a manifesto. Okay. So from the manifest yeah. of the Nostromo, the, the, looking at who the crew is, the, a picture of her comes up, and they actually identify her as trans. And they say they have a thing, like, but you don't see it in the film because you're watching a film, and it goes by very slow, you know, quickly. But people, of course, in the Internet Day can take a screen capture and blow it up. And it actually says, subject is de- Despin Covert at birth, male to female. So far, no indication of suppressed traumas related to gender alteration. I don't know what Despin Covert is. I tried looking it up, but it keeps going back to the same thing. So the alien monster, monster wasn't transphobic. No, it was not transphobic. <laughs> but the thing about like H.R. Geiger's work mm-hmm. and, and, you know, because Mark and I have, uh, have a lot of interest in, in uh, gender nonconformity mm-hmm. and in science fiction. And we see that like as LGBT people, as queer people, we've always been very attracted to the um, juicy messed up d- twisted sensibility that H.R. Geiger mm-hmm. presents in having like you know female bodies with penises over their heads and you know venomous mouths mm-hmm. coming out oh. and claws and, mm-hmm. and this idea that like we have this we're almost like frenemies with the human body mm-hmm. we, we in some ways feel like we're redefining our bodies against society and even against nature because it's nature is defined by society. And so uh, H.R. Geiger's work, it's with its, you know, duality of male and female genitalia coexisting in this twisted gothic landscape is very appealing to us. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm right up there talking about this, uh, you know, about Lambert. They said that, you know, the Nostromo was her was her first posting. Talk about some shitty luck. And then people responded, maybe her luck would have been better if she hadn't been so eager to violate the basic quarantine laws. Because she's the one that, like, introduces the alien onto the ship. I mean, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Thanks it's, a lot, Lambert. It's always mm-hmm. a trans person's fault, right? <laughs> <laughs> she did I, it. I, I think that's really interesting. It's also a way to grapple with the fact that we have male and female inside of us all. We're all kind of like, you know, we both have estrogen and testosterone testosterone and you know without the introduction of sex hormones during the process we would pretty much be you know androgynous in our features and stuff you we'd know? be those white guys from the what is it the Prometheus yes with nice pecs <laughs> right Ooh, um, I got so horny and that was like yeah. you can put your black goo all over me honey uh, oh oh there was like for a like while, who? like in Halloween, there was like all these like bodybuilders that were dressing up as the white guy from Prometheus with mm-hmm. the bald guy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. 
the jo- the space jockeys, I guess they call them. <laughs> and I guess what happens in Prometheus, and we're going to see this in the in the sequel now that that's coming out this summer. I guess this is the summer. All I right. think so. Okay. Yeah, Ooh. is uh, that uh, that. Creepy robot uh, played by what was Michael that? Fassbender. Michael Fassbender was lying to them, and that's why he was mad. That's why he got like ripped off his head because mm. he was speaking. He knew his language and he was communicating. So oh. he, was, he was a shady bitch. Huh? Oh, mm-hmm. so that's why the Prometheus ripped off the robot's head because he was just like, "You're lying to them." Yes, he was oh. mad. At them. He was pissed off. And you, you wake me up from a long nap, I'll be pissed off. And so the thing what happened was that the space jockey had an alien monster inside him, mm-hmm. and he cursed him to die. Mm. And that's he was trying to get saved by going to his home planet. I guess because he was frozen or something. He was right? in uh, stasis. He was yes. in stasis. He had an alien inside him, and he wanted to be saved by his people, but he was Correct. woken up too soon. Mm-hmm. Right, and so he's just like you, motherfuckers, motherfucker. Ah, we now we just spoiled that whole film for everyone. <laughs> well, no, this is uh, this is other people sort of like a, there's eliminated scenes in the DVD okay. extras and stuff. Um, and what's so, uh, finding interesting is like you know because I, I I'm interested in the trans mind. And how much trans people share in common with bodybuilders. And part of it is like, <laughs> and not necessarily always in the best ways. Uh, I think for us as like people who are sort of always creating and defining our bodies, it's sometimes a real triumph, right? Mm-hmm, to get mm-hmm. to where you are. And so you want to share that with the world. And so you're high on your achievements and just comes across as kind of like bullshit. <laughs> Let me read this to you. This is uh, Tyson Daly. Who's super fucking hot. You can find him on Instagram. This is what he wrote. And this is like, he's just one of a thousand people. Okay. Let me know if this is like Caitlyn Jenner's status update. Or, we just said who it was. Or Tyson Daly. But <laughs> <laughs> um, today I would like to talk to my followers about intention versus intent. Good intention is when you want to do good. Good intent is when the thought behind your action was with good intention. All the good intentions in the world aren't going to do shit if you want to be a powerful person. Clarify what your intents are and then take the next important step. Action. Have a great weekend. <laughs> It's Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, it was not, but right. it could have been. Like, it's part of it is this. No, like, she would have been like, I did it all on my own. I don't see why you people don't do it on your own either. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, it's this place of economic privilege that you have. <laughs> but part of it is like, you know, we all ex- we all depend on each other. We're all part of a community, even if sometimes that community is at odds with us. And so for us to sort of uh, define and change and, and shape our bodies to what we want our bodies to be, um, Sometimes we get so excited by that change that we forget that, you know, when we start getting into this like mumbo jumbo self-help stuff, that's just ultimately empty rhetoric. Um, I, I think it's empty when you don't when you've come to a place that you don't really need that. But like I people with acute body dysmorphia, people with that have made any kind of achievement that's really impacted their lives for the better are going to have that that sense of let me tell people, let me encourage you mm-hmm. because you can do it, too. You know, it's like when I lost. 40 pounds and I was like you can do it too I'm so skinny and then I was like pizza <laughs> um, emotions uh, and so and then like you transitioning right but I'm also still grappling with the fact that I think we all are that 
that feeling of euphoria from accomplishing something can be gone at any point in time. Mm-hmm. So how do we keep getting that back and and grabbing onto those those things, aphorisms, mm-hmm. whatever you, whatever that word is, um, aphorisms. Yeah, yes. it's the uh, the the the. What is it? Aphorisms is RuPaul's favorite thing to say. <laughs> well, a lot of people are. If alive. you can't love yourself, yeah. how the hell are you going to love somebody right. else? Little things are supposed to lift you up. And they're and all things know, that are true. Cookies, yeah. Like they're all things that are true. They just impact you at different points in time, and they may not impact you. And you may say, "Oh, that's just bullshit," and that's fine. But sometimes we need that. At different points in our lives, and I'm big into the secret too. God, I'm just a mess, you guys. <laughs> well, I believe I, I'm, I'm a big believer in the, your mental approach to something has a profound in, out, uh, impact on the outcome. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, the, the thing that bothers me about the secret it's its underlying assumption that if we failed at something, it's because we had a negative. Mm-hmm. It's blaming the victim. It's like. All of the uh, faith-based religious upbringing that I had, like you're not rich, it's because you didn't have enough faith. You didn't Joel get well. Austin, been, yeah, that Joel Austin bullshit, and he sells so many books mm-hmm. because as Americans, we somehow feel very comfortable and we're very happy in rewarding the individual effort, mm-hmm. and you know. So when somebody succeeds, it's because they individually did it. And when they fail, it's because they individually failed. Mm -hmm. And not never, ever crediting or how the rest of us have Mm -hmm. an impact on Mm -hmm. that. You know, and that's why we don't give people health care in this country. And that's why we have such, uh, you know, a dysfunctional situation happening. Why we don't take care of our poor and mentally ill who need to be taken care of to be, or at least to be sewn into and, you know, found value in so that they can actually pull themselves up by the bootstrings, bootstraps. We've got to help them. We don't take care of our own. Right. Period. Right. Like everybody doesn't in some sense, like it. And that's why as LGBT people, we're so important for society because we instinctively through our own experiences being disenfranchised, we understand the value of creating community mm-hmm. and rewarding community. Yeah. And, and to me, so it's, it's like, you know, I, I think like part of it, it's really important to keep that in mind when, you know, when we're posting things on social media, cause I'm just as guilty as this. I want to inspire our audience and, and lift them up. But, you know, I don't want to be just like, yeah. babies, everything's going to be all right. You, know? you want to keep it real. Yeah. Cause everything may not be all right. Um, but that's okay too. Because, honey, we got each other. Right. And shit may hit the fan, but if I can do something to make it better, I'm going to, you, by damn it, you got, you We're going to lock arms and we're going to go against that foe that, you know, the man that's press, oppressing us. And that's what we did from Stonewall up. That's why we marched. Because yeah, we pulled it, together. it was white men that did Stonewall. There was no I mean, people. I know. <laughs> it was just white men. And the occasional white lesbian. Um, um, you got blocked by RuPaul on ah. Twitter. Has RuPaul lifted? RuPaul lifted the uh, ban on Courtney Act. Oh, really? Yeah, she did. I. Um, what, did, what, did, what did RuPaul get? You got into a fight with RuPaul about something? I I didn't really get into a fight with RuPaul. It's just several years ago when RuPaul was taking uh, uh, exception to not. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When she was like, or he was like, I'm... I'm a tranny. I can say tranny. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, this because I've been part of the community. And um, so I wrote an open letter saying, hey, this is why I have a problem with what you said. You know, it was very, you know, well thought out and well spoken. Diplomatic. I yeah, diplomatic. That Good word. It was very diplomatic. And, and I got a lot of hate messages oh, yeah. from cisgender gay men who was like who were like calm down and i'm like first of all anytime you tell a woman to calm down it's not gonna calm her down <laughs> so, you know, um, but i try to respond very education very mm-hmm. educated ways i can't speak but uh and so it turned into this big thing and apparently she got wind of my letter and uh a couple of years later there was something that RuPaul said, and I was like, I'm interested. What was this actual? And I was like, ready to write another open letter because that's what we knew. I guess you, you ta- she found out about you because you tagged her. On, I don't on, even. I don't know if I tagged. She sought you out and blocked you. I don't know if article? it just came up because of the Google alert. Your mm-hmm. name is mentioned okay. or whatever. But uh, I have no idea. Uh, and then. So there was something else that I heard and I was like, okay, so I wanted to research it and I go to my Twitter and I was like, I just been bought by RuPaul. I felt really important. Like banning or blocking people because it's good publicity too, you know, like, cause now we're talking about her uh, and has she just kind of like ignored you, you know, you don't pay her bills. Why is she mm. going to pay you any mind? Mm-hmm. Right. But exactly. now that she banned you, it's like, then it causes controversy. And so it's like. I mean, I didn't feel like I didn't even know about it for like a year. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if it was really like and then all of a sudden I was just like, yeah. Yeah, somebody girl. who's kind of famous thinks that I'm worth blocking. It was she blocked a lot of people good. during that whole shemale gate. It there felt was, good. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. But then, I, <laughs> then what she said, like I researched it and I was like, it's not that bad. I don't have an, you know, I don't have anything against that. That's mm-hmm. fine, cool. But it was just that one thing that, and it really stems from the cis privilege because she gets to take off the makeup and then he's, he gets to walk the streets. Mm-hmm. Like there's economic privilege. To go to Wyoming and hang right. out with George. And- right. There's economic privilege. Yeah. There's, there's cis privilege, you know, like I, that, and it just reeked of that. And mm-hmm. when you don't realize that that's a problem, that's the problem. And so th- that's why I was like, Hey, this is why it's a problem. Well, I think it's kind of interesting, too, because we, we had been talking about Alan coming out the other day, uh, and, uh, the 20th anniversary, and Oprah was saying uh, when Alan was on the show, when I mm. was your therapist on the show, you know, at the sh- on my own show, uh, the call lines were open, and we had to get extra people to come on and talk, and, like, the people weren't mad uh, because of the LGBT thing, basically. They were all, like calling Oprah to tell her that she needed to go back to Africa and then they were calling her the N word. And Mm -hmm. it was just kind of like the whole point was to talk about this LGBT thing, but they weren't, they were, they were probably mad about that, but that's what got them mad. But how it manifested manifested was just by basically calling her the N word. Yeah. And it's, it's weird how people get put off by things like this and they don't know exactly how to handle it. Mm -hmm. So they, they, they lash out in some other way. Mm-hmm. And so are, where are we like with all this? Like, I, I feel like it's kind of uh, like both sides of this debate kind of mm-hmm. just grumbled and walked off. But it, 
didn't seem like it got resolved or anything. And like in some ways, like it for us doing this podcast, it mm-hmm. really drove a, a divide between uh, you know certain people. And like I feel like we've been blacklisted certainly because mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like people are like, why isn't this drag queen on your show anymore? And I'm like, honey, I, I, you know. To the detriment of her own career, it's like she's kind of decided she doesn't want to do any interviews anymore. And to me, it's like part of it being an entertainer is that you keep the conversation going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes it's hard. It's it's mm-hmm. scary to have to be interviewed. I think it's scary to put yourself out there. And uh, some people, it's like, you know, they're doing the best that they can. Mm-hmm. So in terms of like all the people involved, like. You know, we don't really talk very much to uh, a lot of the people that were involved in that debate at that time. Mm -hmm. And part of it is like I'm because part of me is like I want to talk about the artists. I want to talk about people who make things. Mm -hmm. And I find that 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 escalated to the point that it got distracting the 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 debate over whether we can use these the word, you know, tranny, excuse me, or she male and, you know, one way Mark and I kind of responded is like, say, well, let's not use the term she male. Let's just say she to everything else. <laughs> Put she into everything. Responsibility. Change the controversy to a controversy. And, and part of it is just watering down mm. this, this thing. So in the background, it's like, it's okay. You well, know, the other thing too is, you know, I really got to listen to how the words were actually used. And, you know, of course I have, you know, a lot of trans friends that use that word and they use it mm-hmm. lovingly and mm-hmm. they refer to their friends as that. But then it's just like, you hear people be like, no, people say we can't use the word tranny anymore. And they're like, well, you're saying it like that is a disparaging way. So why, you know, people aren't stupid. They understand your intent. They understand your intonation. They understand the way you're using it. They're understanding the, 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 the words around it. Stupid, ugly, terrible, like those kinds of things. They understand that that's part of what you're saying in that word. And so, you know, if you're just saying, hey, you know, oh, I'm going out with my tranny friends tonight. Nobody cares, you know. And I've had an evolving relationship with the word, too. Like I I came up in the drag Mm -hmm. culture, so I understand it and wasn't ever a thing. Mm -hmm. And I think when it changed for me is when I realized that it doesn't feel good for me to be called that. Mm. It doesn't feel good for me to call myself that. Mm -hmm. And many of my sisters before me have, that's the last word that they've heard. Mm. And, and then if you look it up, most of the time it's, it's, um, Disparaging. Yeah, it's disparaging. It it all has to do with the sex industry, which I'm not opposed to. If that empowers you and you Mm. love it, do it. But when it's, explicitly that and you're tying a whole group of people to sex acts um that's where i have a problem with it like i'm still i'm sexually empowered i love who i am sexually you know uh now (laughs) but uh but there is a place where you're ultra ultra objectified Mm -hmm. and you're sexualized and and that's the part that feels wrong to me it doesn't feel right it doesn't ring doesn't feel true authentic. for me yeah it doesn't feel authentic i don't know i i think that caitlin jenner actually has done a lot of good in the sense like kind of the way that you know donald trump sort of made us appreciate george w bush for not being as bad of a monster <laughs> now we have like caitlin jenner's pretty as rotten as as people go and it's and in some ways it's been very healthy because we've been so obsessed with you know these uh, trans heroes and role models. And now we have a trans villain and, and, you know, people just 
really dislike Caitlyn Jenner. Mm. And and she's, you know, this right winger Trump supporter um, still on the fence about, you know, marriage equality and all this. Well, she's OK. With, if that's what makes you happy, go for it. You know, like, but mm. she's she's a real stick in the she's mud. A turd. Yeah. And 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 part of it is like, I think actually has been really healthy for us as LGBT people to have someone like Caitlyn Jenner out there to show us how it's done wrong and how bad <laughs> things can get. So we appreciate each other. And we're a little bit more forgiving of each other for not understanding each other. Yeah, that's good. You know, I like it. I agree. I know a lot of people who have worked with her and uh, they think the world of her. And I'm like, that's wonderful. Caitlyn Jenner? Yeah. Oh, honey. I had when, when they started taping that show, I had people calling me be like, this is the, the transpocalypse. <laughs> the <laughs> thing that like, I, it, there was the worst thing that ever happened to transgender equality was <laughs> I am Kate. I think yeah. I, I don't necessarily agree with that. And I this is why I don't, I don't like, agree with that. I either. feel I like it was funny that, the, yeah, right. you know, I like the transpocalypse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it really brought to light a lot of the issues that we face and I don't think that was due to Caitlyn. I think that was due to everyone that mm-hmm. surrounded her, like Jen Richards and and um, uh, Kate Bornstein, yes. and Candace Kane, and yes. all those people. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, like, they really challenged Caitlyn's privilege. They challenged Caitlyn's uh, economic privilege, cis privilege that she still had. Uh, I and don't know so, when they were challenging Caitlyn Jenner on her show for being, you know. Uh, a, a stick in the mud, uh, you know, insensitive, uh, arrogant. It was kind of like yelling at your dog for puking on the carpet. <laughs> you know, the dog doesn't. Under, it was like it, Caitlyn Jenner would listen, but then wouldn't react. Like they wouldn't, wouldn't under it, the words didn't make sense. Like Caitlyn Jenner's so far removed from an everyday person's <laughs> sense of urgency and reality that it just didn't click. Right. She has no empathy. Right. And I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I think what was important was that those conversations were being had in front of other people, other people. in front of a camera. And yeah. those things, like when they talked about how they felt about dating mm-hmm. and when they talked about like when uh, Shandy was like, you know, I, this is how we live. I had to pull myself out of the sex work industry because it wasn't working for me. And this is what. I made myself and this is how does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. I just are, wish they would just give Candace Kane her own show. You know, it's I like agree. It was like, you know, just turn it into the Candace Kane show and it might have been fun. It'd been more, a little more playful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Caitlyn Jenner was just like, it's like that boss that nobody likes, you know, showing up late for work and screaming at everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, totally. like, it was just like, oh my God. It, like every time she was on screen, you just wanted to like, you know, and the minute she walked out of the room, the show like got moving again, yeah, you yeah. know, and and ultimately, you know, it's like we live in a rich man's world. And and uh, and sometimes it's like I'm glad that that show at least exposed some people that may not have been exposed to these ideas. But ultimately, like in hindsight, I don't know how much good it did except to show us what rotten person Caitlyn Jenner is. Yeah, but I think for a conservative person watching this, especially one that knew Kate, you know, beforehand, uh, you know, and, and knew her. Before she transitioned. A, but knew her as like an Olympic athlete. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, he was, you know, Kate was 
everywhere when the Olympics were happening mm-hmm. on the box of Wheaties. And so people have a, a huge affinity for that person. And so uh, seeing them transition may have changed a few people's minds. Mm-hmm. But remember way. when Chaz Bono transitioned? Yeah, but and, nobody cared about Chaz Bono. But Chaz Bono also was putting like his foot on his mouth, yeah. you know, and, and saying a lot of things that made a lot of people cringe. Mm-hmm. And that's what's hard about yeah. being a celebrity and transitioning in the public eye. It it's hard because there are lots of things that you don't figure out about yourself within the first couple of years mm-hmm. um, going through the process. You know, it's like adolescence. We go through that. We go through that journey with our bodies and our hormones and and all the stuff rolling around inside of us that's changing and different. And then how do we relate to society? That changes. And it all is a mix of things. And so we can't I can't. Fault Caitlin for being cl- a clumsy transgender person in the first year and a half, mm-hmm. two years. I can't fault her for that because she it exposed all the stuff that, you know, she didn't have a chance to grow into, essentially. So I can't fault her for that. Do I agree with everything that she said? Do I agree? Like, I'm admittedly super liberal, you know, like I don't understand mm-hmm. conservative pol- politically conservative trans people like it does not make sense to me but i've met several Mm -hmm. and one of them's gun toter and i love her but i don't understand but i think it stems from this idea that it uh, you're an individual and you made your own success Mm -hmm. and uh, that you don't owe anything to anybody right and that's at the core of conservative politics is is Mm -hmm. the selfishness and lack of empathy and and ultimately, like, it's not a good way to run a business. It's not a good way to run a life. And right. and people who who have that mindset suffer a lot. You know, in some ways, like if they weren't so rotten, like I would feel really bad for them. But mm-hmm. they're just they're in, they're they're inflicting pain and suffering mm-hmm. on others because of their selfishness. Right. You know, and, and ultimately it's like it's it's tough being around that. Like, you know, a lot of those conversations between Caitlin and her children was the children going like, you know, I still need you as a parent. I know you're going through all this stuff. And, and, and it's it's just really hard for me to have you be so, you know, and I know you need this. But at the same time, it's p- still painful to have you mm-hmm. just be so absorbed with yourself. And I, and. And I and I think like my trans friends who were involved in the project, their concern was that they felt that that selfishness was a universal truth for every trans person. And I would argue it's far from that. You know, most trans people, when they come out, their biggest struggle is that they're still care about other people. And ultimately, as a trans person, you need to take some time and love yourself and take some time out to take care of you. Right. But we are generally like people who live in a community and we we have children and we have families and we have yeah. coworkers And and, you know, it's like if I had my way, if you were transitioning, you could take a year off and paid vacation. Mm-hmm. Can we get where the- would you go? Um, <laughs> or where would you have gone? I would have gone to either London or Sydney. Mm. You like London and you like. What is it? Venice, Venice Beach. Beach and Sydney. Why? Those are two very different, three very different places. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Sydney and Venice are all close. Like I love the all, I have a evolving relationship with LA too. Like you I love Venice while, Beach. Yeah. yeah. I lived there for a long time. Uh, and I love Venice Beach. It felt like a haven away from LA kind mm. of. Um, and there's something about 
that Venice Beach lifestyle. I want to be a local. You know, it's kind of fun. We have a, uh, a guest of the podcast. We went to visit Dolores Delucha. She's mm-hmm. a, a comedian. Used to live with Divine back in the day and has written a couple of books. And we visited her in her apartment in Venice Beach. She's and she's darling. just like a few blocks away from the beach. And we're just like, she's been living there for like the past 30 years. I was just like, it's so nice to live here. She's just like, the weather's great. I like, go to the beach. It's paradise. Coffee shops. It's, yeah, I still can get around. But yeah. we also went to like the uh, the bodybuilding, mm-hmm. the muscle area, mm-hmm. muscle beach, and I'm like, I was so disgusted by the fact that all that weightlifting equipment is rusted. <laughs> well, it's by the seawater, you know. And I'm like, but you go online and you look at all these like bodybuilders, and they're lifting as if you know that shit. Like you touch it, your hands turn brown. They do it just for show. It's not yeah. for go. It's not their normal gym. If, you know, I, I, or if they I do work not. out, it's probably the early a.m. or late in the dust, so you're not out in the heat. Well, if they wear those gloves that help you grip yeah. onto it, then it's. I don't be. know. We saw we saw one redhead. We were like, "Holy fuck, this mm. guy's hot," you know. But it was. <laughs> we'll go back to Venice Beach one of these days. But I it but Venice. it was a uh, very interesting to me because you know like uh, that culture has so much history and especially like as mo- for marginalized people mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. There's a very sexy history there that that's living. I love yeah. living history, especially places that have been like Disneyland in California is that same way is that it's a major institution that's been relatively untouched by the hands of time. Mm-hmm. Like Cuba mm-hmm. is one way, you know, like yeah. you go to Cuba, the cars are still the same as they were in the 1960s. I would love to go to Cuba. You go to Gold's Gym in Venice Beach and the same murals and the same mirrors and the same you know, a lot of the same equipment is still there with the same photos of Arnold Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. uh, on the wall. And you feel like you're in in some ways it's it's a, a real magical experience to be able to step back in time. Mm. Yeah. And experience that it's starting to change. They're really like they've a lot of buildings like I was just there a couple of weeks ago and a lot of the buildings that had been there forever are changing and being demolished. And cr- they're creating like. Kind of like they're doing with Chicago, like all these high rises, yeah, all these high rises are taking mid rises are taking over um, everything, which is cool, but it's also not cool. Like at the same time, so it's kind of like oh, it changes so much, but uh, but there is that whole that boardwalk or the not the boardwalk, but the you know beach area, the beach area, walking Mm -hmm. along the beach is still it's still a place where weird rejects go and just hang out and <laughs> sell wares. We right? The misfits. <laughs> yeah. And they, it's and a they, misfit art parade. Right. And, and it's just such a beautiful thing. Yeah. And all, a lot of really artistic people just stay in that neighborhood and do art and become locals and you know, and it, it's just really, I love the vibe of it. But Before we end, let me leave you with this weird news item. So in Waynesboro, Virginia, somebody is abducting cats and then shaving their underbelly and groin area and then returning the cats. And the people are kind of confused. The police have gotten involved and they actually put like posters up around sign uh, saying that's like uh, several neighborhood cats have been abducted and had their lower abdomens and groin area shaved. This is very upsetting to the cats and their owners. And, (laughs) And the police are saying the best solution for this is whoever's doing this to just please stop and they don't know why they don't mind shaving the pussies so they've had five cats some (laughs) of the cats have been shaved at least twice that is so bizarre Mm -hmm. i know what's up why would you want to shave a pussy 
I don't know. Uh, there's plenty of reasons. <laughs> uh, one of the biggest uh, hot ticket items in Japan before we... Uh, this one is uh, Darth Vader solid gold masks. Mm. And you think they like, you know, they would build them to proportion so they look like gold... Dar- they're, they're cartoonish, disfigured. We looked at some of the pictures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're selling for... $1.3 million. $1.4 million. Wow. And they're selling really, really well. Oh, really? Yes. Like, it's more than one? Oh, honey, there's like, uh, let's see, there been at least 12, uh, 1,200 of them, according to this article. I don't think so, but. I wish lot. I could sell one and take that money and become Amanda Lepore. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they're selling super well in Japan, and I guess uh, Good Morning Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. And Well, I wonder how much, yeah. how much like, uh, the, over the price of regular gold is it you know because sometimes when you have something like that you're basically only buying the gold like the artwork or stuff like that it doesn't really matter but you're paying for the price of the gold but it's just like you know you think they would buy a darth vader mask to compare it to but like the grill because you know the darth vader mask comes from samurai warrior masks mm. so it's sort of like coming full circle and i guess you know japanese people love the darth vader mask because it's sort mm-hmm. of a pop culture equivalent of their own history and their mm-hmm. own culture but it's kind of like an anime Darth Vader mask is what it looks yeah. like to me. Mm. <laughs> like the grill's all, it's twice as big as it should be. And, and the, the eyeballs It's are more huge. stretched out. It looks like Darth has been, you know, having a little too much cheesecake. Well, I wonder if like Disney's out after him. Maybe that's why they had to change it a lot. So it's kind of like skirts that line. Oh, I guess, you know, it's, it's still Darth a work Vader of art. Inspired. It's $1.4 million. Would you buy one if you had $1.4 million? Mm. Who the hell's buying this shit, too, you know? Well, I mean, if, you're, quite a if, few. You're dar- if you're a gold collector. I guess so. But, you know, how about coins? <laughs> Dina Martina, Dina Nina Martinez, Osama bin Laden Brown. <laughs> Where can people follow you? Uh, they can follow me on all the all the social media. I'm on Facebook as Dina Martinez Comedy, um, or just look up Dina Nina Martinez. Uh, Twitter is Dina and Martinez. Instagram Dina Nina Martinez. Mm. And uh, Dina Nina Martinez punto com for all of our Latino <laughs> listeners. Punto com. Punto com. Not to be confused with Dina Martina. At all. The gold standard in entertainment, as she calls herself. Mm-hmm. Yes, she she's is. A, she's a real freak. I she, so want to see one of her shows. She's one of darling. Days. I want to remind folks, too, that we can't do this podcast without your support. So if you're not a Plus member yet, sign up today at feastoffun.com slash plus because your contribution to this show is what makes this show happen. If you have any problems with your account, uh, feel free to email me at mail at Feast of Fun or inbox me at uh, mail it uh, or, or on Facebook. But it's better if you do email because that way I, I probably get it. Or if you don't hear from me there, then go to Facebook. And uh, season three Kickstarter for Cooking with Drag Queens. We have some secret surprises coming in store, honey. It's going to be explosive. Mm, and not, yes. you know, after you eat the food, but beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> We, it's also gonna have, be, yeah, yeah, we also have fantastic t-shirts for sale at our store, feastoffun.com slash store. We got a <laughs> lot of fabulous designs on our Feast of Fun store. Uh, not shaven gives me more time for misbehaving for the gentlemen and the ladies. Uh, puking unicorn rainbows, t-shirts and mugs, and two tacos to paradise. Mm. Taco trucks everywhere t-shirt. Tell those racist Trump supporters where they can stick their chalupa. <laughs> 
<laughs> Dean, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Please come back. I would love to. Thank you so much for having me. It's been delightful. Anytime. Mucho, mucho. Uh, as Walter Mercado, one of the famous uh, theosophic okay. scientists, would say, uh, mucha paz, pero sobre todo, mucho, mucho amor. <laughs> much peace and much love. Much peace, but above all, much, much love. Aww. Yes. Dina Nina Martinez. Muchas gracias. A la orden. Sidensorden. <laughs> no se voyas, por favor. Bye bye. Adios. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.